Good morning. It's good to see you this morning on a invigorating day. And boy, it would have been easy just to uh, try to stay warm, but you uh, stepped out and came, and I'm glad that you did, and I trust that this morning will be an encouragement to each one. Let's pray and ask for God's blessing on his word this morning. Father, as we come before you, may we recognize that in Jesus Christ, we have so much. Lord, you sent your son to die for us. Lord, help us to respond to your incredible gifts in our life by being generous. We just pray that you would encourage us, not out of guilt, but out of love and passion for you and for others to be known as generous people. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to take just a moment as we begin to think of, a, of your response to a generous action that's been directed toward you. I guarantee it probably made your day or your week. I recently had someone go far above and beyond to help my family and I, and it was amazing. They sacrificed a great deal of time and finances to help a need that we had. And it made our day. It made our week. We're called to be generous. And Paul shares what generosity looks like in 1 Timothy 6.18. We're going to read verses 17 through 19. We've been going through 1 Timothy chapter 6, looking at God's thoughts on money and things. And over these last three weeks of the series, last week, this week, and next week, we're going to be looking at these last three verses of the section. And so last week we looked at verse 17, today verse 18, and next Sunday verse 19. So follow along as I read, beginning in verse 17, it says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Last week, the idea of trusting in Christ rather than in the uncertain riches and and recognizing, being grateful for all the things that God has given to us. And you look at verse 17, how it begins, command those who are rich in this present age, and, and you may say, okay, well, I don't have to worry about this because I'm not rich. Well, I want to challenge you to look at that more closely. In two ways, we all have many things to be grateful for. And second of all, if you compare us to the world, we are rich. So verse, eight, verse 17, be grateful for what we have and recognize that our, that our faith needs to be in Christ in the provider, not the provision. But now in verse 18, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Generosity. 
And he shares four aspects of this generosity here in verse 18. First of all, in this description of generosity, the first part is do good. Doing what is noble or excellent. Doing good involves sharing our time, our talent, or our money to help others in need. And then the second part, rich in good works. Abounding on behalf of others. We don't look at just doing the minimum required, but we go above and beyond. Abounding. Going above and beyond. Think back to uh, when you were in school. For some, it may be a little farther than others. But remember if you had a research paper to write? And it needed to be... Let, let's just give a, uh, an example. Five to seven pages with... Five sources. Now, if you were like me in most of my papers, I'm thinking, how can I make the five? And, and it, it may be a stretch. I sort of expand some paragraphs with some extra words to try to get to that five pages and five sources. I'd stretch to get there, but not anymore. We would do the minimum, but God calls on us to abound on behalf of others. We don't just do the minimum required, we go above and beyond. And then ready to give, to act in a generous way as God has acted towards us. And willing to share concern and looking to meet needs. These last two, ready to give and willing to share, actually fit together very closely in the Greek. We're to be looking for opportunities to demonstrate generosity. It shouldn't be done out of guilt or grudgingly. Instead, we're to joyfully seek out ways that we can be generous. We're joyfully looking for the opportunity to help. That's it. That's another struggle we can have. Oh boy, yeah, I, I guess I feel a little guilt. I probably need to help. That's not how God calls us to do it. We're to joyfully give. Whether it's our time, our talents, or our finances. We're, we're to give as God has blessed us. We're to be excited about the opportunity. Think about when you were uh, growing up as a child. Christmas was all about what are the presents with my name under the tree. But I trust, especially if you're a parent, it changes. Most often, now, I still enjoy receiving a gift, don't get me wrong, but, but to watch my kids when, when they get that gift that they're so excited about. And, and we're to look at ways, we're to appreciate when others are generous towards us, very much so, but we're to be excited about ways that we can be generous and encouraging, helping others. So we're to be ready to give and willing to share, looking for the opportunity. But there's some challenges to generosity. There are always reasons that, that can keep us from being generous. And every single one of us struggle with these and more challenges. I'm just going to list two, but there are many challenges. 
The first challenge is this. My resources are not guaranteed. So what happens if I'm generous, but then something takes place and, and I've given away something that I maybe need? So what do I have a tendency to do? I'll hold on to things just in case. I, I remember... A while back, my wife and I had felt God leading us to, to sacrificially give to a, to a certain need that was in place. And, and it was going to be a stretch for us. And we, we really felt God was leading us to do it. Now, we're not always this way, but, but at that time we stepped out in faith and we did it. And right after that, our freezer died, and we didn't know it died, and by the time we recognized that it died a couple days later in the middle of summer, most of the stuff, if not all the stuff in the freezer was spoiled, so we needed to, we needed, we not necessarily needed, but we looked to get a new freezer and we lost quite a bit of food. Now, fortunately, in that case, at that time, we stepped out in faith before we did that. I have a feeling if we would have made that decision, and I can't remember, it was a couple days, I, I can't remember exactly, if we would have waited and our freezer would have died first, we probably said, oh, see, not supposed to do that. But we oftentimes, even on the front end, we say, okay, well, God, you know, that's going to be a stretch. What happens if? But the second challenge to generosity is that generosity requires sacrifice. In order to be generous, it requires me giving. Whether it's my time, whether it's my abilities, my possessions, my finances, whatever it is, is that it's going to take, it costs. There's sacrifice involved. The churches of Macedonia, an, an area, were known for their generosity. They were also known for their incredibly difficult circumstances, their poverty from which they gave. And, and Paul shares their stories. He's writing to the church in Corinth, sharing about these churches in Macedonia and their incredible sacrifice and giving. And I want you to, to follow along and listen. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. And, and notice the description that's given. It says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring with us with imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Now notice the descriptions that are given here. In verse 2, it uses four different phrases. It begins a great trial of affliction. They, they were known for their poverty. They were known for their incredibly difficult circumstances. But what happened? You see the next phrase, in the abundance of their joy they gave. 
It would have been so easy for them to say, you know, things are a little tough, so we're going to just hold on to everything we have. But then it goes on in verse 2. It says, out of their deep poverty, they abounded in the riches of their liberality. And then it goes on in verse 3 to say that they gave according to and above and beyond their ability. And they were freely willing to give. It was their choice to give even though it was out of great sacrifice. Why were they able to give so sacrificially and joyfully? Verse 5 gives us the answer. It says, first, they gave themselves to the Lord and then to others by God's will. Being generous is a battle, but it's a battle worth fighting. And it's a battle worth fighting as we see some of the benefits of generosity. Generosity helps others. Our gift will help that recipient who receives it. Maybe you see a need, someone that you know has a great need, and you say, I'm going to step out and help them. It's going to be to their benefit, right? Obviously. That's the first reason we do it. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. In other words, you see the need. It will benefit them. You step out and and help. Also, it breaks the grip of greed. As we examined two weeks ago, greed keeps us from giving. However, Giving keeps us from greed. Think of it this way. In order to keep from being controlled by money, give some away. We all have that temptation to hold on to and to hoard what we have. But one, the, it's vital. In order to break that hold, we need to be generous. Generosity defeats greed. And it benefits God's kingdom. Proverbs 19.17 says this, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. He being God will pay back what he has given. Our giving benefits the work of God in this world. Giving our tithes and offerings and giving to others allows the church to impact our community and our world. Tithes, an interesting subject. And there's a debate. Okay, is the tithe for today? It was given in the Old Testament and it wasn't repeated in the New Testament. The New Testament talks about joyfully giving. And oftentimes and unfortunately, the the church is afraid to talk about offerings. You have to understand, first of all, our responsibility or our focus as a church is that God provides our needs, but God uses people. And and it's a little easier for me to say this today because God has abundantly blessed you'll be here for the the meeting which the annual meeting which takes place right after service you'll see in 2022 and and over the last several years God has incredibly blessed and it's been exciting to see what what God has done 
But God challenges his people to give. To give to the church and to give to needs that they see. So what about the tithe? Whether it's for today or not, it's a great guideline for our giving. But another thing, and this should actually make us square more, it, it's not the ultimate goal. Say, hey, oh, I tithe. <laughs> I've succeeded. Wherever you are, here's the challenge I want to give you. Stretch yourself more in giving. And not just to the church. I mean, I trust that we as God's church family in this local church that we give. I have no idea what anybody gives other than myself. But as we work together, and obviously there are many people in this church family that are faithful in giving, as we see by the, the abundant offerings that God gives. But, but stretch yourself wherever you're at. Try to do a little more. And, and not just here, but, but look for ways in our community and, and, and people in need that you can reach out to and give. We want to make a difference in this world and it benefits God's kingdom when we give. And when God's people are generous, God's kingdom is blessed. And it reflects the character of God. We're to reflect God's love and character in our lives and one of the ways that we can do that is through our generosity. God is a generous God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave. His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave His Son an extravagant gift, a sacrificial gift, in order to provide our salvation. His generosity was abundant. His generosity was sacrificial. We're to be generous in order to reflect His character. And the final benefit, it, there's more benefits, but the final one we're going to look at this morning is the benefit of blessing. When we are generous, we will be blessed. Luke 6.38 says this, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Proverbs 11.25 says this, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, I need to say something very important to understand in this. We don't give in order to get back. It's not like, alright, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I see this need and I'm going to give $100 to it and God's going to bless me back with 1000 that blessing isn't necessarily financial return. There's a, there's a group of people, we, we call it the health and wealth gospel. That's not what Jesus writing in Luke, or sharing in Luke 6, or Solomon in Proverbs is talking about. It's not talking about, okay, if I give, God's going to give me more. It means God will bless you. And we can be confident that it's not just a, okay, I give 100, I give, get 100 or more back. 
It means that God will be working and active and encouraging, comforting, giving peace and strength in your life. We see a lot of biblical examples of people who were so giving, but yet financially they struggled. The churches of Macedonia were an example. As they gave sacrificially, they weren't all of a sudden a wealthy church financially. But they were blessed beyond measure. So, as we close, I want to challenge you. It's your homework assignment for this week. You're going to find one specific way that you're going to be generous this week. Now, if you want to do extra credit, that's just fine. I encourage you to do it. But you're going to find a way, and you're going to, you're going to plan it. And I encourage you, maybe if you're a, if you're a family, you can, you can figure out a family way to be generous this week. It can be time and or financially. But what are you going to do to demonstrate and reflect God's generosity by being generous to others this week? It will take sacrifice. What are you going to do? I'll give you a couple quick examples. And, and again, these are just a couple simple examples. Your, your elderly neighbor, or they don't even need to be elderly. When uh, the next snowfall, and I'm not sure the, the forecast this week, other than it's supposed to get warmer here in the next couple days. But shovel their walk. Or find someone that you know has a, a need and they're having a struggle paying their bills. Send them an anonymous cash gift just to bless them. Whatever it is, let's be generous. And let's honor God with our generosity. Do good. Be rich in good works. Looking for the opportunity to bless others as God has blessed and will continue to bless us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. I pray that you would be with us today. Help us to recognize that you are almighty God. And you are generous in our lives. Help us to be generous in the lives of others. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.